You are now listening to the Living Numbers and Tony Rambles. Tony Rambles. Tony Rambles. 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 And the Living Numbers Podcast. This is the Living Numbers Podcast, and I am your host. Tony Rambles. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see I don't have a hat on today because I got the free fresh retwist. But that's neither here nor there. I've got a story for you all. I got some things uh, that I want to touch on with Coach K. Kind of some Russia stuff, but tied into some questions about our own lives. But of course, before we get into it, make sure you like, subscribe, download. If you are listening to this on YouTube, or Apple, or Google Podcasts, or Breaker, or any of those other platforms, make sure you follow and download, subscribe. Also, you can go to YouTube, you can like, throw some comments in there. If there's some things that you want to hear, some things that you want me to talk about, or you got some ideas, you can definitely throw them in there. You can also follow me on IG at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. You can email the show, onetonyrambles at gmail.com. And uh, with all of that out the way, I want to get into our first number, and and that is one and a half hours. I had uh, a couple of guests that I had scheduled that I've been trying to get on for months, and we got everything set up. It's spring break. They're teachers as well, and we go, okay, let's do it on Tuesday. So Monday, I didn't do anything. Tuesday rolls around. I'm kind of back into working. So I had to spring break, but I wasn't like just off, like doing nothing. So Tuesday comes around and we get down there uh, to their house. We were shooting on the patio in the backyard. It was nice outside. I mean, the shot was exquisite. It was perfect. And we record for an hour and a half. Great conversation, some of which. I will touch on now on this episode by myself, obviously, but hour and a half of recording. I'm like, wow, we got a lot of good material. It's a great episode. I knew it would be good. No audio. Listen to the playback. No audio. And it was just a little frustrating. Just a little bit. That was my Tuesday. We hung out. It was a great time. Uh, We just talked and, you know, kicked it for a little bit. Uh, But to come out of that day with basically no episode, I wouldn't say it was wasted time because the day that we were able to spend together, me, two other teachers, uh, one of their childs and and a a boyfriend, which all of these people I've, I've met previously, except for the little kid. Shout out to Leilani. But it was... It wasn't a wasted day, but ah, I just wish I could have came out of there with the episode that we recorded. It was awesome. Also, speaking of episodes and recording, I bought new mics. That's great. You say, yeah, yeah, nothing to complain about there except I haven't gotten them yet. Got a great deal on them. Haven't gotten them. You know... We're so used to, I guess I'll just speak for myself. I'm so used to getting everything in like two days, you know, Amazon Prime, shout out, or at least like within 
three or four days. Anything outside of that is like, what? It, it's, it's not here yet? What do you mean? As I, as I shift in my seat. What do you mean it's not here? So my initial time that I was supposed to get the mics was on that Tuesday. I was hoping I could get them before I left, but obviously I could not. And so I got an updated day, which would have been Thursday and then Friday. And now is next Tuesday, two days from now, since I'm recording this on Saturday or Sunday, rather, March 20th. So two days from now. So I'm like, man, I really wanted to have those new mics for this episode when I was recording with my guests. Didn't get them. Or this episode where I'm recording by myself. Didn't get them. So now here we are. Still with the OG. So hour and a half. Nothing. Ordered some mics. I got nothing. But some good things did happen over spring break. So I am a coach. I coach softball. We had a couple of practices and I got to hang out with the great coaches that I have. Ming and Mark. Mark, who has been on this here podcast before. Definitely check out one of those previous episodes. I think it was like maybe episode nine or 10 or something like that. Me and Coach Mark, we talked about uh, being a coach and softball and teaching and stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we had a couple of games, much so much fun. And speaking of games, that brings us to our next number, games and sports and having an impact as a coach. So Coach K has been coaching for 46 seasons, and he has 1,199 wins. We're going to use those two as our numbers there. And looking at my coaching journey, as well as his and just being a coach and what that means, I kind of thought about it in the realm of, of life, not just coaching sports, but I go, man, who are some people who have had a great impact on me just kind of growing up and going through the different stages of life, like, like everybody else, right? Because uh, I think he had almost 100 players show up for his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is the home court where Duke plays. And so I just thought about, like, who's been there, like, for my home court? That's good, right? I like it. That's good. Uh, of course, like our parents, parents are the first people who come to mind. They really shape how we how we think, how we handle adversity, how we live, what we believe in, at least very early on. They definitely shape either directly or indirectly uh, the way that you carry yourself. And then as you get older, you start to formulate your own thoughts and ideas and what you think is right or wrong or whatever. So of course, uh, I think I would credit my work ethic to my parents because uh, my dad was always about uh, making money and uh, owning a business, especially as we got older into our high school years and he had a barbershop and then he formed a safety company. He was always really about owning his own because honestly, he he really needed to make that kind of money because it was so many of us. Uh, but the, he was a grinder. Uh, even in the difficult times, we were he was doing like labor ready and all that kind of stuff. So uh, definitely, obviously, my dad and then my mom also was a very hard worker. And she was uh, about 
progressing as well, like in companies, like in leadership and in management. I always remember her being a manager at places, uh, no matter where it was, whether it was foot action or NTB or whatever, she was always in these management positions, which I think is pretty cool as I've come through retail myself and understand like those management positions. I'm not going to say they're not, they're hard to come by, but you do have to put in some work and some sweat equity there at least a little bit, especially when you start looking at store manager and blah, blah, blah. And she always pushed education as well. Like my dad was really good about saying, well, if you don't know what you want to do, I got a job that can make you good money. And then she was always about going to college and getting education and that sort of thing. So uh, right now I'm just kind of, I guess I'm in the middle of both where I went to college, I got my degree and now I'm kind of owning my own business with this platform and the Living Numbers podcast and being a host and looking at doing some other things with some coaching and, you know, just trying to be my own boss, so to speak. And that's one thing that I didn't always want to do. I felt like, man, it's, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of things that you have to figure out. But. I feel like now as I'm getting into my own space of wanting to do my own thing, this is the Living Numbers podcast is mine. It's not under anybody's name or company. So with that being said, I am my own company. So I have to kind of figure out how to branch out and how to obviously we all want to make make money. But how do I run this to maximum efficiency and maximum effectiveness? So. I got those two things from them. And then uh, another person that obviously I want to shout out is uh, Pastor Carlos. I had him here on episode 30 and he showed me how to do all of that with that kind of uh, with what I believe that God component, that that belief in Jesus Christ. And what does that mean to my life? Like, how do I take that and live with it? Um, as a teacher in the classroom and as a as a husband and now as a father and as a son and as a friend, how to how do I take what I believe and have it impact every area of my life and work through the difficulties as well with that? So he definitely helped me in that area because I didn't really start on that journey till I was like 22 ish. Right. I knew about some stuff because of my mom and my grandmother, but that wasn't something that we were really focused on. That wasn't a focus in our homes that not really, especially not as I got into like middle school and in high school. But he really helped to bring that out of me and to see like, I mean, shoot, I can't say mention him without mentioning Pastor uh, Papa Jay, his dad and then Pastor Holder, who's at I think he's at Fallbrook now. Shout out to Pastor O who came through and really uh, maybe planted that seed in high school during our devotions. And uh, when we had football, you know, they bring somebody in and they talk for like FCA and that kind of thing. Julia, Julia Lenz. Yeah. She really made that impact on me as well. Just coaching me to be a, a manager and leader and giving me that opportunity. So with coach K kind of having his last season, I wanted to shout those people out again. Uh, DLL. I mean, she gave me my first opportunity as a teacher to be able to kind of use who I am to impact the kids of of now and our leaders of tomorrow. So shout out to you too, DLL, Skinner, I mean, Schultz. I mean, there's so many people that I can't say one without seeing the next person and then the next person because it's all connected, 
right? One person impacts you, and now you go on to have an impact, and then the, the next person impacts you, and it's a circle, the circle of life, right? Lion King. Shout out to Disney. So speaking of like having an impact, right? Right now, there's something having an impact in our world. And that is the war overseas with uh, Ukraine and Russia. And I'm not necessarily going to speak about the war part. But there are over 400 companies that have left Russia completely. That have stopped doing business. That have either scaled back or cut ties completely. Now, of those 400 plus... There are 80 that have scaled back to say we're not going to completely leave Russia, right? They're kind of want to leave that door open so maybe they could get back in. Uh, but they're, they've scaled back most of their operations. Uh, but they're like, well, we don't want to cut everything off completely. There are people that are still here that are working. Uh, there are some things that we do wherever they are in the world. That if we stopped completely, that would really affect business and how things work. Okay, whatever. And then there are 24 companies that have dug in and said, we're not leaving. We're going to continue doing business. And this is what it is. And we've we've weathered these kind of storms before. One article that I read, uh, I think it was uh, Schlumberger or Halliburton. One of those companies are all based out of Houston. It's one more. And like, we've done this before. We've weathered this kind of storm before. We've been doing this over 100 years. There have been world wars, and, you know, we just continue to work. And so that brought up this question, or not really a question, but a thought, that making the right decision can really cost you at times, at least in the near, the, the present. And I read an article that said uh, McDonald's was losing $50 million a month to not operate in Russia. That's a hit. $50 million? That's a good chunk of money. That is a good chunk of money. So I go, dang. Right? That's the, the right decision to make. But man, that's a tough decision, ain't it? Those 24 companies, they're like, hey, we're not about to mess up our money. We have roots here. We have open businesses here. There are people here that are dependent on us. And if that's how they want to to swing it or to to turn it in their mind to justify it, then, you know, that's up to them. But many people around the world in 400 plus companies have said, mm, nah, we better cut ties here. What they're doing is wrong. So one of the biggest financial hits that I've had to take, right? That brought me to this question. What is the biggest financial mistake that you've made? For me, it is a, it's a chicken and an egg kind of twofold answer and question here because my biggest financial mistake was not getting my degree, but getting my degree from the place where I got it. And that is if you Google the worst university, the worst university in the Midwest, this is the college that's going to pop up or the university. And that's DeVry University. They stink as far as what you're paying and then the reputation of the school. Those things don't necessarily balance out. 
I mean, you pay a whole lot more because this is a for-profit college. I mean, they can pretty much charge whatever. And I mean, if you accept, then you accept the money's on you or whatever college loans you get or whatever. So, and in return, you get this degree from this place that is still accredited as of now. Uh, But I mean, you think like it's the lowest rung on the totem pole. Right. Think about it like this. And, you know, I like to watch sports. I'll make this analogy. Let's look at the NBA, for for example, or whatever sport you want to choose. Say there's 100 players. You got the 100 best players. But we know that there's a difference between player number one and then player number 100 or player number 99. Right. The Rye is like that player number 99, 100, like. Yeah, you're your university, but you might be one of the worst in the country. So all degrees are not created equal. So I don't I don't regret getting my degree, but I regret where I got it from. But you also I have to look at, okay, at the time, uh, I was looking to go to school, kind of. I mean, I was in the position where I was gone from the school that I went to at first. And then now I was kind of in limbo. And so they offered me an opportunity to go to school. And I just took it knowing that I want to go back to school, but I don't know how to get back into school. I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. And the right person walked up and they go, hey, you want to be in school? I say, uh, sure. And so I get in school and I graduate in three years. There we go. And yeah, did it cost me a lot? Way more than I would have liked to pay. However, getting my degree led to more doors opening. I wouldn't have been able to go to China without getting my degree. Right? I wouldn't have started to think differently about my life until I got my degree. Because you go, you know what? I got a degree. Like, I don't have to take this anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to work here. I have options. So I wouldn't have been able to think like that or do that uh, without my degree. And then coming back from China... You need to have a degree to become a teacher. That's what I became. And I couldn't have done that without having my degree. So, yeah, catch 22. Do I regret getting a degree? Not at all. Do I regret going to that place and getting it from there? Yeah. They do also, like, have this trick where, like, if you want to transfer, none of your credits transfer. Like, what kind of crap is that? If you're an accredited university, how come your credits don't transfer? That mean, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. So sticking with the uh, sports analogy, right? If I if I hoop, right? If I got a step back jumper, it's a step back jumper in America. It's a step back jumper in London, in China, in uh, Saudi Arabia, wherever you want to go. A step back jumper is a step back jumper. If you make the basket, you make the basket. You could transfer that anywhere. Somehow, these credits didn't transfer if you tried. So... That's the biggest financial mistake that I've made is choosing the university that I went to. However, your host, Tony Rambles, is still here to talk about it and live a great life on the Living Numbers podcast. Thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe, download and share to the next person. So next number here. And I talked about this with with, uh, my two wonderful colleagues in our previously recorded episode with no sound. And we talked about dining solo. 
So dining solo is something that I don't think I've ever, I've done it before, but it's very, very few and far between because I'm a, I'm a people person. So we, we looked at this article that had seven tips to dining solo and it was, it was pretty cool to look at, um, which is our number there, seven, if you didn't catch that. And I'll tell y'all the story where I went somewhere by myself. I was in, I was in high school. And the movie Get Rich or Die Trying came out. And I was a huge, huge G-Unit fan. Big, 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 big fan of G-Unit. I mean, I had the Lloyd Banks album, The Hunger for More. I had obviously Get Rich or Die Trying. And then I had The Massacre. I had, uh, what is Young Bucks first? Straight out of Cashville. Buck the War. I mean, I had, I beg for mercy. I had, I had as many g-unit albums and mixtapes as i could get my hand on i was such a big fan of the sound and just everything that they were doing i i even had the g-unit shoes i remember that i think those shoes were okay but i went to go see get richard dotron i didn't have a date i didn't have anybody to go with but the movie was coming out and i wanted to see it so i went by myself mc30 walked right up sabo road and it was so weird i had to be like in high school 16 or something like that it was so weird watching a movie by myself i was just not comfortable of course i watched it and i finished the movie out and it was a great movie but i was like no not doing that again and so one of the tips was like you have to be okay with being like by yourself and out you got to be okay with that. So that's obviously something that wasn't my jam at the time. And uh, one of the other tips was like, you have to, uh, it's okay to have like a prop, right? A newspaper or a book or crossword puzzle or something like that. And those are two things that my wonderful colleagues talked about is having a crossword puzzle or a book and you just go and you know, you just sit by yourself and you do your thing, right? And being alone and being by yourself are not the same things. Ah, yeah, I got some great insight from these two. Where being alone is where you want people but don't have people. Being by yourself doesn't necessarily mean you want people around. I'm by myself because I'm by myself. I chose to take decision to be by yourself. Uh, there are also some more tips. Most of them were kind of junk. I'm not going to go through the whole article, but I just thought about that as a, as a society. I don't think, I don't think we put enough emphasis on being okay with being by yourself and not necessarily being alone. I think that's something that's kind of coming around because it was one of the tips was like, everybody's not looking at you as much as you think they are. <laughs> so yeah, it's like just go and eat or go and just watch people watch, right? Or sit on a bench or some, something like that. You know, it's it's okay to sit by yourself and kind of figure out your thoughts and question yourself and, and you know, to take that time to be by yourself. That's totally okay. It doesn't mean that you are uh, want somebody but can't find anybody. That's not what it means. It's something totally different. So I saw that article and I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting to say the least. And something that I wanted to touch on because I could tell my story about going to see Get Richard Dotron and not having anybody to go with me. 
Okay. So here we are uh, with our uh, final number. And that is three questions. Three questions. Questions to ask your partner. And they have a couple of key points in the article that I'll read afterwards. But question number one is, can you tell from my behavior that you're important to me? And that's a good one. That behavior should should line up with that thinking. Yes, you're important. So what does that look like? What do I do? And for myself, I would say I'm doing the things that my partner likes or or needs. So if that's washing the dishes or mopping the floors, two things that I did today, or a, a hug, a kiss on the forehead. I just re- recently uh, was informed that my wife loves kisses on the forehead. So obviously I need to start doing that a little bit more. So number one, can you tell from my behavior that you're important to me? Ask your partner that, your spouse, your wife, or your husband, whatever the case may be, boyfriend, girlfriend, Can you tell from my behavior that you're important to me? That's a good one. Okay, question number two. Do you feel that I support and respect you when we disagree? Do you feel that I support and respect you when we disagree? Because it's important that you don't now turn on the person because of the disagreement, right? You have to be able to separate the two where just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I, I don't support you, that I don't love you, that I don't like you, that I'm not there for you. It's just that we don't think the same about this particular thing. Do you feel that I support you and respect you when we disagree? One thing I want to say my wife's greatest characteristic is she's so supportive, so supportive. Like she got in front of the camera for me because, you know, she wants to support the podcast. We were talking about merch downstairs, which, hey, we'll see. We'll come up with something. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm brainstorming because I want a, I want a hoodie, a gray sweatshirt. I'm like, uh, hold on, wait a second. We don't have any merch yet. But she's so supportive, and I love her for that. When we went to China, she was like, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, when I wanted to start a podcast, she was like, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Um, having kids, getting a house. She really... Um, supports everything that I try to do, whether she agrees or whether it's crazy or not. She's so supportive. That's one of her greatest characteristics. And she is definitely one of those people that have made an impact on my life along the way. So shout out to you, Kia. Okay. Question number three. Do you think our kids know that we use discipline not to punish them, but to help them be successful in the future? Woo. That's interesting. Very interesting. Whether you have kids or not, you can also look back at it like, okay, when my parents punished me, right? Or whomever it was, auntie, uncle, grandparents, did I feel like they were setting me up for the future? Was that punishment explained or did I feel like I was just getting beat for no reason? These are questions that we want to ask ourselves. Whether we have kids or not, And especially if you do have kids, do you think our kids know that we use discipline not to punish them, but to help them be successful in the future? Ask yourself that. 
and maybe ask your kids. Why not? Right? Kids, uh, we, we, they probably deserve more credit than we give them anyway. So with me being a, a father and my son being almost nine months, nine months and four days, will he feel this way? Or let's, let me ask my spouse, do you feel like we are doing this and setting him up to be successful in the future because of how we discipline him? Him knowing that everything's not going to go his way or that there's also a different way to do things, not just, you know, smack people or have tantrums, that sort of thing. That's definitely a very, very important question that you want to make sure that you're asking your partner, whether you have kids, because it's never too late to get it right, uh, or whether you're planning on having children or whether you're uh, rearing someone else's children or maybe being a teacher. Okay, do my students feel like when I discipline them is to really set them up for the future and not just to punish them for no reason? Awesome, awesome, awesome questions for our last segment of the day. And they give some key points here. It says, unless we intentionally show our partners that they're important to us, they will likely come to believe the opposite. So unless you make an effort to do that, they'll probably think that you don't care which not where we want to go. Okay, second key point. Arguing to learn maintains connection. Arguing to win causes disconnection. That's good. Arguing to learn maintains connection. So if I'm arguing because I just want to see things differently, I want to gain a new perspective, that's a different mindset than arguing just to win the argument, just to say, oh, that's facts. That's facts. Don't at me. That kind of like, where are we getting? That's not helping anybody. That's about winning an argument. That's not about trying to get better. Very good. And then the last one, which pertains to parenting. Parenting conflicts are inevitable and must be reconciled in the long-term best interests of the children. Parenting conflicts are inevitable. They're going to happen. But they must be reconciled in the long-term best interests of the children. So keeping the children in mind, keeping the children at heart when we're making our decisions. That's very, very, very important. So I think that's going to do it. 30 minutes. That's about right. Uh, of course, make sure you guys like, subscribe, download, share. Uh, this is the Living Numbers Podcast. I'm glad you listened to this episode. Episode, man, I really wish we would have got all that stuff together. But me and those two colleagues, uh, Bonus and Pearson, we're going to get together. We are going to get together, okay, guys? We're going to make this episode happen. I, I knew it would be fireworks, and it was. Unfortunately, we don't have the audio. But, um, I mean, you just got to live and learn. Like, some things happen. I didn't even want to do an episode this week. I was like, ah, you know what, I'm done. But you know what? I feel like I had to get the next one out there. But I knew it would be short, quick, you know, me by myself. There are always shorter episodes, but I feel like I gave you all some great nuggets today. Sometimes the right decision is a tough one. But for me, I believe that God will take care of me in the end, in the present, and in the future. Uh, also, uh, make sure you guys are asking your 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 partners these questions. And then uh, do your research. Hopefully we can minimize those mistakes that will cost us a lot of money. So this is the Living Numbers Podcast. 
I am your host, Tony Rambles, dining solo today. Make sure you guys follow me on IG at underscore Tony Rambles underscore. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube. The Living Numbers Podcast will bring you right to it. And of course, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, you know, give me five stars. Rate five stars. You can also support the show at anchor.fm slash Tony Rambles slash support. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all in the next round.